Got a great show for everybody today. Coach Kenny Dallas, the head football coach at Trinity Christian School in Sharpsburg, is on the show today. But I love Kenny's story. In the early 2000s, Kenny went to Landmark Christian School. He took over a program that was one and nine, and he turned it into a state championship contender. In 2011, Landmark Christian School went to the finals in the Georgia High School Association State Championship, football state championship. He then, after the 2011 football season, thought God was calling him to an administration. He moved to Tennessee, became an administrator there, quickly realized that that's not what he wanted to do. And then Kenny was able to come and work at my school and be my defensive coordinator in 2015 and 2016, where we won two state championships together. And then he went on to become where he is now, the head football coach at Trinity Christian School. But where Kenny's value is for me was when I was 27 years old, a young head football coach who really didn't have too much knowledge of of football or how to lead men, I, I was able to develop a friendship with Coach Dallas. And he gave me lots of wisdom and we became great friends. And, and here's a guy who has taken programs and turned them around. He turned the program around at Landmark. He turned the program around at uh, Trinity Christian School, who also, they weren't a winner. In his first year, he turned them into a winner. And I think the coolest thing about Kenny and I was, is uh, in 2014, uh, and Coach Zach Davis was with us as, as well, we went 0-6. And it was a hard time and just encouraging encouraging each other and being there for each other. We were able to go from 0-6 to 4-6, won four straight games to win the region and go to the playoffs. And then we were able to make a playoff run and make it to the state championship game. Now we got throttled in the state championship game, but man... Kenny and Zach and me all talking with each other and encouraging each other and trying to fight for joy in the midst of 0-6, where you seem desperate, was just a really exciting season. So Kenny's got lots of wisdom, one of the best high school football coaches out there, one of the best motivators out there. I hope you guys enjoy the show, and Kenny, I really appreciate you talking with me. Enjoy the show. All right, Coach Dallas, so um, I know that when you came and worked with me at Elka for a little while, you know, you were always a constant source of encouragement for me, like fighting for joy. You are constantly challenged me because you had been a head coach. You knew how you got to keep your joy, and, um, and you knew the struggle with that. So, you know, obviously you were telling me that because you had experiences with it as a head coach at Landmark. So coach, you were at Landmark for, you know, 11 or 12 years. You had tons of success there, probably in the, probably in the single A private world. Landmark was probably, um, you know, one of the top schools uh, back, you know, 2000 to 2011. Talk a little bit about your career there. And then really abruptly, you, you take your team to the state championship game. And then you decided to go 
uh, to Tennessee and, and take another job. To walk us through a little bit of your experience there at Landmark, building the program, and, and then the, your struggle with joy and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Well, I, I mean, I appreciate having the opportunity to talk to you today, and um, and uh, man, it's a, I mean, it's a subject that I, I mean I care a whole lot about because. Well, first of all, man, I'm playing college football and college baseball in college, and I surrendered to ministry. And like, I, I feel like, all right, man, God's calling my life to, you know, challenge young men to do the same thing that some of the coaches did for me, and and uh, challenge young men towards godly manhood. And so I, I mean, I surrendered to ministry, and I'm trying to figure out, work out this call. And man, I even messed around a little bit in in church world, you know, working at a church shop for a while, and it didn't kind of quite jive for me. I mean, kind of. I guess the uh, gifts that God gave me and gives me this a big voice and kind of a giant motor is kind of all the, I've yeah. kind of always thought like, I know it's two gifts that God's given me. And so it didn't take me long to figure out that teaching and coaching is kind of, is just my calling and, it, and more than just a profession. Uh, but what I wanted to do. And so, uh, man, started on the, on that road. And I, I spent my first five years in Tennessee uh, starting a football program at a small little Christian school. We were actually the, smallest school that competed in football in the in the state and then I'm about 27 28 years old something like that and um, uh, time to kind of spread my wings and man I, at that first little Christian school I was working out there I was doing so many different jobs trying to make a dollar man I was head baseball head football I was driving a bus in the mornings I was assistant AD I was just they, they did awesome but they were trying to they were trying to pay me and I was doing a million things and I wanted to be a head football coach man I, I didn't want to be a jack of all trades I wanted to be a master of something and and, uh, man, it was an unbelievable opportunity to get to go to Landmark. And um, so I went there in 2001, and they'd only had uh, only won one playoff game in school history. It had a winning season like four years. In fact, the year before I came, they were one in ten. And, and so, man, it was, uh, it was a perfect opportunity for a guy like me. But, man, uh, and maybe it was a good opportunity for them. Like, for them, I mean, they only won one game before I came. And so I couldn't, I couldn't have done too much worse as a 27-year-old. The man spent 11 years there, and it was 11 wonderful years, and and learned so much about the coaching profession. But man, it's like we get in it. We get at least I did. Man, I got into it, and I know I'm not going to get rich. I'm not going to become a millionaire. I'm not going to become some kind of star that everybody knows my name. But I'm going to make a difference. And I mean, you know, Billy Graham. You, you and I used to talk about that. You know, that comment that he made, something like, you know, a coach will impact more kids. There are more people in one year than most people do in a lifetime. And I believe that. I mean, I love that part of what we do. I mean, we literally walk with these kids, man. We're there with them when they get up. We're there, you know, throughout the school day. We're practice with them. And if they get in trouble or their parents call us at night, I mean, it's just, man, we're a part of their life, you know, 24-7. And, man, I love my time at Landmark. Had an incredible time. And, um and, uh, man, over those periods, had, you know, six or seven region championships, playing the state championship game that last year, all that kind of stuff. But there's no doubt that over that time period, I did, man, as that as a, as the head guy, and I think all of us have to be careful with this. Man, I got a little bit to the point, Jonathan, where it was a little more like, I don't know how much I enjoyed the wins. It was just like I was just miserable when I lost. And so when I won – that was fine, you know, but it was just a little bit more like an exhale, you know, and, but I got, you know, I mean, you want every kid to go to the college they want. You want to help kids play college football. You, you know, you want parents to have a great experience. And man, we just have to be careful because I mean, you know, most people, most of us, you know, I mean, in programs, we're going to have anywhere from 
you know, 35 to 65 boys. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of people. If you're trying to keep people happy, then, you know, you throw in another 10 people on your staff. And then, of course, most all of us have a middle school program. And then, you know, if you're really trying to build something special, you're building a feeder program. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you got a couple hundred kids underneath you and all their parents and all the expectations that come with that. And so, man, if, you know, if you're not fighting for your joy, and I, I, I really do believe, man, having great assistant coaches around that can help you in that is, is huge. But, um, and I'm not going to say I just, I completely lost my joy. It, it wasn't that, but I, I do think there was a process that I kind of got to the point where I was asking myself, should I be doing something else, you know? And, uh, and so at the end of that time, yeah, I mean, we played for a state championship and um, uh, that last year played in Georgia Dome and then um, took a job kind of going to help uh, try to run a, a school in, in Tennessee for a couple of years and I missed it. And then, man, came back and was blessed to get to go work with you, you know, for three years there at Elko, was your assistant head in, in D.C. down there and, and man had a, had a ball there. And then, of course, been the last two years over here at Trinity, so. Well, you know, Coach, what, you know, it's thinking about as you talk, you know, what I, you know, and this is my struggle, but you, you, you go to Landmark and, and they're one in 10. So it's like, man, you're gung-ho, like, let's go. Man, if I go two and eight, that's a success. And, and, I, really, yeah. and I, th- I really think that's what we're chasing as men, as competitive men. We want to build something. We want to take something and make it better. And yep. And so people don't necessarily understand, all right, you take something from one and 10 and you take it all the way to a program that's winning region championships. And then you take them to the state championship. So in a little bit that sucks your joy out or maybe sucks your fuel out is you sit there and you think, what more can I do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I think it could come in a whole lot of different uh, directions. You know, because um, man, I don't know when I when I think about when I think about that the you know the whole reason why I got into it. It's like I shared with you. It's because I know I'm called to ministry. I know. It, look, every one of these boys, every one of these boys. You know, I mean, I believe God's word. It says they kind of have two parts to them. They have this. They have the flesh to them, which is kind of their body and their brain and their heart and their will. You know that stuff. And they also have this spirit and soul inside of them. But, man, the thing that we can forget is – and so what I want to do is, like, I want to impact these boys. And I want to help build them into godly men. But that second part of them is, like, their spirit. And their spirit, that's what's created in God's image. And so, man, like, every one of us kind of have that stamp of God on us that we're, we're as image bearers. And so, like, man, I know, like, my part of my purpose of getting into this is challenging boys, taking boys, and, man, challenge them to become everything they can possibly be. But man, in the process, what I can't ever forget is it's the same thing that God's doing with me. You know, like I also have a flesh. And so I've got a body and this brain and this heart and the and this will. But like man, I've got to be careful because it's like you just said, it can quickly become about wins and losses. How many kids do I get in college? How many kids is this? And then all of a sudden my identity honestly has a lot to do with my flesh. It has a lot to do, like, what do I think about how I did this year? What, you know, I mean, bottom line is it comes down to that record in a lot of ways. My, my first year at Landmark, we went seven and four and made it to the second round. Man, it, was, dude, it was like a party every single week going seven and four. Well, guess what? You know, year seven or eight, 
seven and four all of a sudden becomes a down season. Like, oh crap, the program's in decline. We're seven and four. You know what I mean? And so uh, it, that's such a challenge to not. It's almost like we're entrepreneurs in a way, Jonathan, because like it's not that we own the program. The program's bigger than us, but at the same time, it's like the, the buck stops with us in every area. And so you've got to oversee and manage every aspect of it. But man, to be able to do that, but also keep it in mind. I mean, my identity is, like, I'm a child of God. I'm the son of a king. Man, he's using me in this. And my identity is not going to be 7 and 4 or 12 and 2 or 5 and 5 or whatever. And listen, it's easy to say. It's just hard to do because at the end of the day, we're all competitors, too, and we want to win, you know. And so, um, man, it, it's, it, it is a struggle, and that's why I say, I mean, to have uh, it was such a blessing for me. Like when I got to come and coach for you for three years. Like one of the things I wanted to do uh, for that time period we were together is I was just like, man, I as his assistant coach, I'm going to fight for his joy. I'm going to fight to help protect him, to help him enjoy it, to help him whatever. And and you know, any assistant coaches that are listening to this, that's, I think that is a wonderful way to be able to you know serve a guy that you respect you know, and, and is to, is to help in that way, you know? No, no doubt, man. And, and obviously having you, uh, was, was huge and, and all that kind of stuff, even though we're, we're, we just, you know, it's, I think this, man, like we're, we're, uh, our, our, our flesh is fallen, you know, and it's, yeah. we're, we're sinful people. And I was listening to a sermon from somebody the other day and he was talking about, everybody thinks that when you become a Christian, your life's going to get easy. He said, no, your <laughs> life before you were a Christian, when you were just doing the sinful lifestyle, doing whatever you wanted to do, but now yeah. that you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit, you, you're at war, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you have your flesh, which is in direct opposition with the Holy Spirit, and, and then you have this spiritual warfare going on all the time, like God is telling me and you, hey, you know, your biggest project this year is to pour in to, to your boys to build a men for Jesus Christ or, or to pour in into them for Jesus Christ to, to build men, which it doesn't matter yeah. if you have a state championship caliber football team or 0-10 caliber football team. Those are still men, child of God, that God wants you to pour into uh, for Jesus Christ. But our flesh is, no, I want to win. I want glory. I want to be the best coach in the world. And it's just like, all, I mean, it almost can take you to an insane asylum. It almost did take yep. you to an insane asylum. And it might again. I don't know. But, you know, it's just. Yeah. Well, it, 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 I mean, there, there's, there's no doubt that. All right. First of all, if, when, when you become a believer, if it's supposed to make everything right, like I'm doing it wrong. I got to talk to somebody because I've got that civil war inside of me. Like I've got that. I've got that battle between what I want, but want to honor the Lord. Look, but in my spirit, I want to honor the Lord. Look, I've been coaching now, I guess, for 22 years, and I'm thankful even my three years while I was with you. My, my three years with you are my only three years I've served as an assistant. And Matt came out, my first job, I was the head coach of this, you know, tiny little Christian school in, in Tennessee. Um, but, man, I've given the exact same pregame talk to every team I've ever had. And I really kind of sat down and I thought, okay, I know they're listening to me right before they take the field. And there's this story in Gideon, you know, where Gideon's in hiding, you know, he's scared of the Midianites. And so he's in hiding and God sends an angel to him. And so look, he's hiding from his enemies. So I mean, look, dude knows he's a coward. 
I mean, look, that's, that's why you hide from other men. You know, you know you're a coward. And then God sends an angel to him, and it just says, and judges, and the angel of the Lord said to the man, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Like, so God was reminding him right in the middle of him feeling scared and him feeling like a coward and him feeling worthless, whatever those things he was feeling, God reminded him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And so, man, as coaches, like, honestly, I hate to see when I see coaches who just MF and TD their players and talk to them like dogs. I mean, they probably have enough people in their life that do that to them and talk like that to them. And listen, I get after my kids. I do. But man, I want to be that present in their life that points them to their true identity, right? Like I want to be that angel of the Lord that looks them down. And that's why my, my thing for the speech, always true, is I just say an angel of the Lord said to the man, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Because I just want to remind them, man, that's your true identity. But Jonathan, the crazy thing is, as, as coaches and as head coaches, you know, what, what we do, man, we're like those kids too. You're like, you don't get old enough to still need a coach. So I, what we have to do is to protect ourselves because, man, like I can quickly forget that. Like I can, like we went eight and four last year. So my identity can so quickly become, dude, I'm just a, I'm just an okay, good coach. I'm just a, man, the Lord is with me mighty warrior. I mean, God needs to speak that to me as well. And that's the thing I think we as coaches, we can't forget. And I do, I get wrapped up in it because man, I want to win as much as anybody else. And I'm, I mean, I'm proud of the record that I've had and the this and the that. I just know, man, there's a scripture that says, Jesus said, what would a prophet of man if he changed the entire world, but he loses his own soul? Like, okay, I got to be careful. What if I win state championships, but I'm not really impacting these boys for the kingdom. I just, I don't know what's going to matter in the end you know but, but dude to remind myself in the midst of that it's not easy you know no no doubt and you know uh kenny this is what i've learned in my you know i'm 40 be my 13th season at elka this is what i've learned in, in my coaching career i'm a i'm a really good football coach and a genius when i have really good football players i'm an <laughs> okay football coach when i have okay football players and i'm a yeah. Coach when I have bad football players, but yeah. they're good football players, okay football players, or bad football players, God could care less because he has created them to be men, to be faithful husbands, loving fathers, men who impact the community for Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what I'm supposed to be coaching every single day. Yeah. I, I know that. I'm saying that. That doesn't mean I necessarily live by that. You know, I, I was doing football camp this week. My MVPs of the football camp, 17 seniors, my MVPs, two or three of them are kids that probably won't start this year. But they yeah. must have MVPs when it came to doing everything that I needed done. And what I realized is like these two to three kids, they might not help us win a state championship, but I could be working for these guys one day. To cultivate great relationships with these guys, not for what they can do on Friday night, but man, they might put me to yeah. 50 years old. Yeah, that's, that's right. Well, I, you know, I've always said, man, when I when I, I had the I had one of the best mentors. I had a guy, you know him, but I mean, I had a guy named Fred Yancey. When I first started doing this, I had a buddy of mine introduce me to him. So then it's kind of interesting, man. Maybe the most influential coach in my life is a guy that I I never even played for. 
but man, he really became a mentor to me in, in a whole lot of ways. I mean, he challenged me with, with, with all kinds of, all kinds of different ways, to, you know, to look at how we how we deal with kids. And, but I mean, he used to have this little saying: "He's just like wood, hay, and stubble." He's like, "Man, we we gotta we gotta remember, you know, what's gonna matter, you know, what's gonna matter, and what's not gonna matter." Because I mean, he would he would say like, "All right, who won y'all state championship three years ago?" He's like, "I'll guarantee you, it's gonna it's gonna be hard for you to kind of say no. You'll know because you won it three years ago, you know." But you know what I'm saying? Like his point was his point was like we, we got to keep a focus you know, really on, on what matters, you know, in life. And, and, uh, man, every one of those kids, it's like you said, they're going to be daddies. They're going to be husbands. They're going to be leaders in, in their community. And, uh, man, one of the things he challenged me with was the parable of the talents. And, you know, that little, that little parable of the talents was like, I can't remember exactly, but like maybe God gave one, one talent, one, three talent, one, five talent. And he said, go and use it and multiply it. And man, we all want five talent kids, but sometimes we get one talent and three talent kids. I think our job as coaches is to help those kids multiply those talents. You know, there's one of them, I guess, that took it and hit it in the ground. And, you know, Jesus calls that guy not only lazy, but it's just like that's wicked. Like it's wrong to take the talents and gifts that God's given us and, and to hide it. And I think as coaches, like our job is to help maximize. I, knowing that we were going to do this together today, I kind of wrote down, I was kind of thinking through, and I wrote down my past schools that I've been at. I've been at five different schools. Two of them, I've literally started the program. Two of them, I took over programs between the two of them that had one win, one playoff win in school history. And then one time, you know, I went to Elka with, with my fifth school. You know, our first year, we started 0-6 together. And my first year, I was like, God, why is it that that's what I do? I take over programs that are, I take over programs that, you know, haven't won any or we just started them or whatever and so but you know what man whatever that is I think that each one of those coaches like you said we just we're supposed to help those kids take the talents and gifts they have and maximize them and I think that's what great coaches do great coaches get the most and the best out of their kids but not just physically but we also got to do it spiritually too that's why I love you know being there with you you know you got to coach my oldest son he was on the offensive line I love that he was hearing God's word from you. I love that you were going to chew his butt out when he didn't give great effort. I mean, champ, championship, fantastic effort, but also heard that, knew that he was going to hear God's word. Like he was developing physically, but also spiritually at the same time. And I, I don't know, man, that, that's what I want for all my kids. Yeah. Well, um, you know, Kenny, I got this question for you. It's not really on the topic of joy. I'm going to come back to joy, but I was, I was meeting with some coaches the other week. Maybe it was last week. And I kind of got annoyed because I was up there talking. And I didn't really know what I was supposed to talk about. So I just tried to say motivating and encouraging things, you know. And, um, and so a guy raises his hand. He's like, well, you've won state championships. But this is the scenario that we're in. You know, we're starting a new program. And we got kids transferring out of our program and blah, 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 blah. And it kind of annoyed me because I'm like, oh, my, you know, like, dude, we all have problems, man. You know, yep. like, you, you yep. know, you're not the only one with these problems. And I was like, hey, man. And in fact, I have three players. You know, one of the best players in the county was at my school. He's at Dutchtown now. Kid that just committed to Indiana. Uh, he he left my school, went to St. Francis in Maryland. The the kid that yep. won the bench press uh, competition in the state bench press 365 pounds. He left our school and he's at Jackson now. You know, it's like, man, yeah. I. I same problems that you have now I've been at the same school for 13 years uh and and that was my choice I didn't leave 
Um, yeah. But so I really, he, I, I'm sure I got on his nerves because you know I'm like, dude, there is no easy way. There is no book that nope. tells you how to win and how to build a program. It's just getting up every single day, going to work, and and hoping that good things are going to happen. So you know, you're you're this guy that has been to schools where, where you're building programs. And I know specifically at Landmark, you know, you had to go and you had to turn around the program. And I know at Trinity, you had to go and you had to turn around the program where you are right now. What's your advice to that guy? Like, you know? Um, yeah. So what's your advice to him? Yeah. Well, bad, here's, here's, not good advice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So uh, I guess kind of when, when I look at, at my background, so my first job, started a program from scratch. I mean, literally there, there wasn't a program and we started, but I went to Landmark and like I said, I mean, we uh, had one in 10 the year before we came, had, had a winning season four years, had one playoff win in school history. And then, um, uh, and then, and then even when I went to Tennessee, when I went to Tennessee, I started a little middle school program when I was helping run that school, but started it from scratch there. So here's the deal. I, I don't know that I coach a whole lot differently at those places. Then I coached at Elka, and we, we played for three state championships. Now, I'm also thankful. I'm telling you, like, we played for a state championship at Landmark. It took us some time, but we did that. Even even over here, our first year was in GISA, and we took over a program that had never – had only won – I'm sorry, had never won a playoff game in school history. had never even hosted one, and we played in the GISA state championship in the first year. And I'm not I'm not – like trying to toot my own horn. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm not saying that at all because man, plenty of other folks could have come in here and done that just fine. But I'm just telling you the way I'm coaching here is the same way I coached over at Elka. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And look, you guys, I mean, you're, you're better than us. You kicked our tails this past year, but we're also in that climb and we're in that pursuit. And so I, I totally get, you know, what he's saying. I think it's easy sometimes to look at other folks who are successful and just say, oh, well, you got it easy because they don't know what you've been through. It's like a, a dude who's built a business, you know, and, and it's a successful business and it's, and it's going now. And, and you know, somebody say, well, I could do that. Well, you weren't there when you were in building. And Jonathan, I think what some people don't understand, and I tell people over here, whenever I hear the well, Elka recruits come to them, I was like, well, I was there for three years and they don't. But I'll tell you this, you know, they're doing things right. Like they're, you know, there four days a week, you know, during the summer and they're doing a crucible at, 557 in the morning you know you go through you start going through work stuff and it's just easy and i'm not saying that the coach is just sitting there complaining i just think complaining is a waste of time we got to go to work and a man reaps what he says it's galatians 6 7 and 8 i mean i just quoted it to my football team this afternoon do not be deceived god will not be mocked a man reaps what he sows do not grow weary in doing what is good for a new season you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up and so look we got to show up and we got to go to work and we got to maximize what we have. And look, some people have some bad situations. They just do. I just know when I went to Landmark back in 2001, it was kind of funny because from where I was coming from in Tennessee with what I had, maybe I was blessed because I literally started a program at the smallest school in the state of Tennessee. When I showed up at Landmark, I was looking around, Jonathan, and I was like, dude, we're loaded. Like, and I know they were one in 10, but I'm looking at some facilities and I'm looking at kids and I'm like, we're loaded. Like, let's go. And of course, we didn't exactly compete for a state championship. We went seven and four and played in the second round. But man, it was good, you know. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that dude is, you know, a complainer or this, that, and the other. I'm just saying I'm not doing things a whole lot different here 
than the way you and I were doing them our three years together there at Elka. You know what I'm saying? No, you know, and Kenny, I think about in 2014, I tell you what's really hard is, you know, in 2010, I, you know, we went 12 and one in 2011. I think we went uh, 12 and one or 13 and one, or th maybe it was 12 and two. And then in 2012, we won the state championship. And then 2013, I think we went uh, 12 and one again. And then guess what? Your first, your, your first year, when you went on your sabbatical, you came and worked with us, but <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. But, um, you know, we, we go 0 and 6. So you have four yeah. years of unprecedented success at Elka. And then, and then, bam, we're 0 and 6. Like, my wife doesn't even care about football, but that sixth loss, I mean, she's crying after the game. I don't even know why she was crying. She just felt so bad for me. But, um, <laughs> but like, well, I, you know, you're talking about fighting for joy and stuff, Jonathan. I also don't know if people realize it's hard – to keep a successful program successful, like literally right now, like your kids aren't over there going, dude, we got to work because we got to beat Trinity this year. But our kids over here, like we get to do that. Like we get to look up the totem pole and we get to, you know, we get to chase. And honestly, chasing is fun. Like it, you're climbing, you know what I mean? Like you're going to, I think, you know, I heard um, Lou Holtz one time talk about, the worst years, the least enjoyable years of his life were the couple of years he coached at Notre Dame after he won a national championship. And yeah. he said, because I couldn't recreate it. Like, it was so hard to do. He said, we were playing on such a high level. And, man, I started thinking about that. Probably most coaches, when he was there, would have thought, dude, I'd do anything to be Lou Holtz. And he was talking about how unbelievably hard it was because his expectation was national championship – or the season's a loss. You know what I mean? That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but but you remember when we were zero and six? We never sat around and sang kumbaya to each other and <laughs> like we were always working. Like we were always. That's right. I mean, I, Kenny, we we started off in a three five, and then we were in a three four, and and by the, by the end we were in a four three press quarters. You know, we had sat down and got the Michigan State videos, and um, that's right. I mean, well, it, you know what we were doing? We were trying to figure out what we needed to do to help make our kids be as successful as they could be, and that's what good coaches do. You know? Yeah. But but you think about it. Think about that struggle. I promise you. And you taught me a lot about defense and, and from an offensive-minded standpoint that's really helped me out to be a better play caller, understanding what the defense is doing. But it also helped me out to run three different defenses in one year. Like, there is no yeah. defense I can go up against now that I didn't run in 2014. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that was – that was crazy. <laughs> but, but, but at the end of the day, what was cool about it is, you know, we, we all, you know, and, and this is our world. And I think this is where we can come across as arrogant and prideful to people or just maybe chauvinistic. We, we never have an opportunity to sit around and complain and gripe. It's, it's every single day we have to get up and go to work. You and I talk about it all the time. We're farmers. Yep. You know, farmer yep farm he's not going to eat um that's right we don't have time to sit around and and talk about what we don't have really we assess what we don't have and we go do something about it and that's where you talk about being an entrepreneur 
And, yep. you know, and, and that's what we are. But, but Kenny, let me go back to Joy. Jonathan, let me mention one thing on that. Last yeah. night, I was up till 1 a.m. last night writing out an evaluation of the boys that I have right now and what I think we should be doing offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise. And I was even writing this letter to my coaches last night, and I even mentioned that year that we played. But I also said, like, I consider myself a good defensive coach. I love coaching defense, man. That's what I've done my whole career. But in my last six years, I have run a 3-5-3, a 3-4, and a 4-3. Because at the end of the day, I also know, man, like, plays don't win. Players win. And so i got to invest in them. And that takes hard to – it's hard to do all that. But that 0-6 year, and I know you and I have talked about this, dude, it's hard when you've been very successful in your 0-6. It's just easy to just quit right there. Just like, hey, this year's crap. It's over. But, man, what was cool, and I want to, you know, like give you massive credit for this. Like we did something that you're probably never going to ever see again. You know, we went 0-6, and then we made it to a state championship game. And it's the first time that's ever been done in Georgia high school football history. Now, maybe it's been done since then, but I remember us talking about, like, that's probably never going to – we're never going to be a part of something like that again where you get to break a, a record that's never, you know, been done. And how cool is that? But, man, that just goes to the fact that, you know, God tells us it's never too late. And, like, you just keep going, you know. And, man, I don't know. You know, you, you uh, my, one of my coaches and guys I look up to is John Wooden. And, you know, uh, basketball coach, you know, and he says, man, every day's a blank canvas. I just got to go paint a masterpiece with it. And that's what I think you got to do. You got to keep getting up and keep working. And then, man, good things just seem to happen to people who, who work hard over time. Now, we could have, you know, I think we, we beat Our Lady of Mercy that year, I think 13 to 7, something like that, to make the playoffs, you know, that year. So we could have easily finished the season 3 and 7 and gone rather than 4 and 6 to make the playoffs. But I think the main point is wherever guys are coaching, so you just got to keep working and believing in what you're doing, loving your kids deeply, and work your butt off, you know. And, and anyway, so that's it. No, it's uh, the quote from the McDonald's CEO. I'm forgetting his right now name, but like the guy who uh, is the creator or whatever CEO of McDonald's back in the day, he created McDonald's. He said, "The harder I work, the luckier I get." And um, yeah, you know, yeah. honestly, man, there's just there's two schools of people. There's there, there's workers and there's not workers. You know, there's people that yeah. are waiting on something good to happen to them, and then there's those who get out there each and every day and 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 work to make something happen. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if, you know, it's like you start off each year. You don't know how good you're going to be. I don't even know how good I'm going to be. But you're going to go to yep. work every single day. And the whole goal is to maximize the talent that you have. If that's state championship, then fine. If it's not, not. But did I yep. do that? So going, going into where you are right now at Trinity, you know, you go, um, you take a program who, who obviously the program was not where it needed to be. And I, and I think this, this probably could be wrong, but man, I, I, we won our four state championship this year and I was in the hospital because my body just, I mean, just mentally, physically, everything just hit a wall. And a yeah. lot of it has joy in there. Like I, I was doing things, a lot of pressure to win, just a whole host of yeah. things. But it just, it just got into, all right, you're supposed to win. And this pressure, I think the pressure just kind of broke my body. Um, yeah. I think you, I mean, one of the worst things you did is you went to Trinity and you instantly 
you know, have an amazing season and, you know, <laughs> game. But, but, you know, with, with that comes ama- unrealistic expectations from parents. And yeah, yeah. Community. Now, Kenny, you're going to take us back to the state championship game. You have to. Anything less is not good enough. And, and Kenny, we can say that that doesn't get into our minds, but it does get into our minds. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and here is where me personally, like, ah, Jonathan, like, I have to do a better job with this. Like us folks who are willing to work, when you throw on top of that, like we're all in people, okay? And I think probably everybody who's built a business worth anything, like they're all in. They're not doing that and seven other things. Like that's their thing they're doing. And so it's so easy for that to become for that to become our identity. And so yeah, man, like we we jump in and and it was my first year I ever coached in the GISA and it was Trinity's last year in the GISA. And, you know, we, we took over a program that um, literally had never won a playoff game, had never hosted a playoff game in school history. And here we are, like, we just, you know, we, we made the state championship game and we lost in the state championship game, unfortunately, playing without a starting quarterback. And, man, we finished the game down on the three-yard line. Not that I don't still remember that, but we literally finished the game on the three-yard line. We, we had a penalty. We put 12 guys on the field on third down so it backed us up from the one to the six and again there's the unforced errors costed you or whatever but that being said that being said man it's it is so easy and I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna mash on on parents too much you know and stuff but we got to be careful as coaches man we already have high enough expectations for ourselves to then have to then take on the expectations of all those around us because, look, you and I both know it's almost nowadays not enough to even win, but we need to win with my kid in the position that I want him to be in. You know what I mean? It's like it's not even enough to just win. you just got you got to win with where I want my kid to be. Again, I'm going to refer back to Coach Yancey. You know, he used to tell me, he's like, man, the hardest thing in the world to do is build a team because all it takes is one knucklehead to, to screw things up, you know? And, um, and man, he used to tell me, he goes, man, if parents ever really get on you too hard, remind them, Hey, you want me to take these 50 boys and be in perfect precision, but you can't even make this kid clean up. You know, you can't even make him make his bed in the morning, you know, but you expect me to have everything perfectly right with 50 of them, you know? And so I think we got to be careful, man, because well, it's like I referred to earlier. In my first year, we won seven games at Landmark. Well, look, if I've done that, you know, year seven or eight, dude, that's kind of a, a downer year now. Like, what are we doing? Like, honestly, you came along. I think we had won the region like six years in a row. And then now, man, now Elk is rising. Well, we knocked off Bowden. Bowden had won region five 13 years in a row when we knocked them off. But yeah. then here you guys came along and y'all knocked us off. That's why I say, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard to coach when your team is not real good and there's not expectations because they had to be real good. But it's also hard to coach when your team has been good and there are expectations. It's just a different kind of hard. And I don't know, man, as coaches, I just think, I mean, that's the hard part is to remind ourselves, man, my identity is not in my wins and losses. But at the end of the day, dude, I, I, I fight that. I have to fight that battle. Yes. That is a battle. But, you know, that's, that's one thing that Coach Heron said in the interview the other day with him is, you know, I asked him, Coach, what's, what's your advice to um, 
you know, have more joy and, and winning and, and less frustration and losing. He's like, I don't know the answer. <laughs> and, and, he, <laughs> and, and he's right. Yeah. And I just think for like, for me and you, and, and, and it, it's really our identity is in Christ, you know, that's right. Just, dude, I'm going to go to work every single day. You know, I love Proverbs 21, 31, but my revelation yes. this after this past football season, you know, um, the horse is made ready for battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. Well, the, whole, the whole point of that is, man, the horse is made ready for battle. It's my job to work. But yeah. victory belongs to the Lord. It's to rest and trust in, you know, you always would say, you know, rest and trust in your preparation. Rest and trust in your preparation. Trust and have faith in God that, that he's going to give you what you need, whether it's a win or yeah. a loss. He knows exactly what you need, and he's in control. He's sovereign. Well, my my conclusion at the end of this football season is, man, I, I talk a real good game. I say trust in the Lord. I say have faith in the Lord, but I don't because yeah. I trust in yeah. me. I trust in me, and I won't hand yeah. it to God. And, and my point right. is, God's not telling me not to work, but he is telling me when your head hits the pillow or you go home and you know you're not supposed to be working anymore to turn it off. Yep. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, absolutely. And look, that, you and I've had this conversation many times while we're on the phone here talking today. Like, I, I can talk about this. This and this is my struggle. Like we talked earlier about, there's the civil war. You know, there's the civil war inside of us. And and for me, it's not even personal glory. I don't think. I don't think that's what my struggle is. Like, I've got to win so everybody thinks I'm this. I, I don't think it's that for me. But it's just, man, that competitiveness, that desire to win, me knowing, man, I can get a little more ahead, a little more ahead, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, man, it, it, it's tough. And it is like it's it, it, it is it is that dilemma of reminding myself my identity is in Christ, no matter whether I win or lose. It's just so easy to say, but <laughs> it's just tough. I hate to lose. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I hate it. You know, um, but but it's so you true that even in the valley of life that like we've learned almost all of our essential things. Like I've become a great coach because of the losses o over the years in my life. You know, like I remember as a coach, Jonathan, after my first year, I coached against a wing tee team. And I think I told my will linebacker on the trap, play the trap on the waggle, go play the quarterback sitting out there on Buck Sweet, be the cutback. And I'm like, okay, I just told this kid to do three different things on the exact same play. So I had to go to a conference, and I had to go to a wing tee conference to learn. About, I wasn't running the wing tee, but I had to learn that. And so I don't know, man. Even in life spiritually, like, we, we learn in the valley. You know, we learn that God is with us there. And, and I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's good to have brothers of faith who, like, we could kind of remind ourselves of those kind of things as well. If you like to, to lose and you were okay with it, and you weren't a competitor, you would be a horrible coach. So God <laughs> really confused in your calling. But I, I was sitting there telling D this morning, I was like, you know, I just don't understand people that don't want to be the best at what they do. People that don't want to yeah. work, want things easy, and they want to sing or sit around and gripe and complain. I was like, those people are not going to like me because I have no yeah. – I don't have sympathy for myself and I really don't have sympathy for them. Now, if you're hurt and sick and stuff like that, then, then yeah, let's take care of you. But like, you know, 
I was just saying, like, that's why I like football coaches, and I like to talk to football coaches because we're all the same. We're all a little bit yep. insane. And um, yep. so I just enjoy the insanity together. Now, Kenny, one last thing. Um, I know – talk a little bit about M46 and, um, and what you're doing with that and where you guys are. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you asking about that. Hey, before I hit that, I, I do want to mention one book that I'm about to read, and I can't say it's a great book or whatever, but that topic you were just talking about, having peace in the midst of the battle, somebody just referenced the book, The Way of the Warrior, to me. I'm going to pick it up again. I don't even know if it's good or not, but uh, it's a coach that I respect, godly coach I respect, who just told me I need to read that, and it's about what you just talked about, having peace in the midst of turmoil of the work and the strain and the grind but being able to be able to separate and have peace in the midst of it. That's the way of the work. Anyway, I'm, I'm about to read that book, but uh, no, anyway, but man, I appreciate you asking about book. operation M46 dude. a few years back. I just, man, it had a real great challenge kind of in my spirit of man. We, you know, we, we really minister to these boys and we try to impact these boys. And I had an opportunity a few years, you know, a few years ago while I was serving on staff with you as an assistant, as the assistant head there, uh, I was also on staff uh, with the school and the church and had an opportunity uh, to start something called Operation M46. And that, that comes from Mal- M46 is Malachi 4.6. And it says, uh, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers toward the children, the hearts of the children towards the fathers. I mean, it's a, res- uh, a reference to the gospel, that when the gospel is a part of a family's life, that kind of one of the promises that the gospel does, it turns, you know, the father's heart to the children and the children's heart to the father. And so, Man, I don't know, it was about four, four and a half years ago, we started doing something once a month, just having the dads in, having a little Chick-fil-A biscuits and coffee, and just providing one tool to inspire and equip fathers to go fight for their, their, uh, their kids. So all we did is we bring them in, give them, give them coffee and, and, uh, and a Chick-fil-A, you know, chicken biscuit, and then give them kind of one principle from Scripture one uh, and one challenge that month to go and do, because I'm, I'm a big believer that really God, God calls men to have a lot of roles, but one of my roles, it really is to be the priest of my own home. And, you know, I mean, I hope my kids are in a youth group and I hope they have influences like their pastor and youth pastor, but like my job is to disciple my kids, right. you know, to, to bring them up, you know? And so all we, all we did was just try to uh, provide one day a month, a little uh, a time that we provide a tool and, and a challenge uh, for dads and man, it's it's kind of generically just kind of grown. Actually, today uh, there's a publisher actually taking a look at it about possibly becoming a, a curriculum that churches will use. And we've created about three seasons of it now, and it's, it's super simple. It's just men come in once a month and and uh, you know get the get that challenge. You know they get that teaching. You know they get that scripture. They get that teaching. They get that equipment. They go do the challenge, and they come back the next month. Talk about it a little bit and get the next one. And so, man, it's been something. It's been it's been really cool. But uh, it, it's been a lot of fun of not just ministering to boys, but now kind of also having a little bit of that time of challenging daddies as well. It's it's it's, it's been a blessing. Well, you know, just an encouragement to you. I know you were you were at Elka for three years, and you know, and and you might not know why God had you there, but you started in '46 and. Um, yep. you remember Zach Jones and his daddy was Todd Jones and I'm sure Todd has told you this but I'm telling everybody you know he brought Zach over to play football and I think yep. he brought Zach over in the 8th grade and wanted Zach to play football at Elka and it was football, football, football 
Well, and you know, you get involved in our football program. You, we preach the opposite. You know, we preach Jesus Christ, and we're gonna. And, and football is a tool to preach Jesus Christ. And you had come in, and that's when you started M46. And so Todd started going to M46. And just let me tell you, man, like he is on fire for the Lord. The Lord has done an amazing work in his heart. And, you know, honestly, Kenny, if that's the only reason why God had you come for three years, um, that's worth it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, I, I love my time there. <laughs> I love my time there so much. You know, on this topic of joy, you know, it was also fun. You know, if there was ever a problem or issue, I could just point and go like, hey, there's the head coach's office right over there. <laughs> so it was pretty easy for me to fight with. I, I didn't just try to do that to you too much right there. But, dude, it was, man, it was such a blessing to get to, you know, been a part of that. But I tell people all the time, man, it was so much fun coaching with you because I'm a big believer. I'm sharp and iron. To get to go out every day out to practice and to compete, but then also to have a spiritual brotherhood. I know a lot of people don't get that in coaching. They don't, they don't get to coach with spiritual brothers. You know, that's going to push each other. But, man, to also then have that time to start M46. You know, it's something that I've done over here. I don't know if I've told you, but, man, uh, two months. Uh, I don't know. We've been doing it now for the last two years here. But, you know, we do it once a month. We've had two months where we've had over 90 men show up. It's crazy. 90 men at 6.30 in the morning on a Friday. I mean, you know, that doesn't happen very often. And so, you know, men are hungry to be the best daddies that they can be. And so Operation M46 just exists to, you know, give them tools. Help them do it. Well, that's awesome, Kenny. Um, man, you know, I think our time is up. People tell me they won't listen more than like 40 minutes or 30 minutes. My dad said 15. I thought I've said this on the show before. It's so I said, Dad, that's so sad. You're retired. You have nothing to do. You should be able to listen to a six-hour podcast. Um, Mr. Gaff, you ought to. You better still be listening. Yeah, like, uh, you know, you need to keep it at like 15 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> That's good. oh man, Uriah can pay attention more than 15 minutes. But e- either way, uh, you know, can pray for you, man. I appreciate you talking with us today. Yeah, I had, had a great time, man. Bless you, brother, and uh, and talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Lord, we come before you today. Just want to praise and thank you for loving us, Lord. We praise and thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came and died on the cross for our sins. So, Lord, we might have victory over death and eternal life in heaven. Lord, I praise and thank you for Kenny Dallas and what he's doing as a Christian football coach. Lord, I know what he means to me and the impact he's had on my life, even when he was a coach at Landmark and he was my competitor. Uh, Lord, I learned so much from him and then got to work with him. Lord, I just pray for him. I pray for his family, that Lord, you would just continue to bless them, grow them in Christ, Lord. And I pray for the boys that and the parents that he works with and coaches at Trinity, Lord, that he would be pointing them to, to Jesus Christ and Lord, the community there in Peachtree City, Lord, that you would just continue uh, to use him to shine as a light. And uh, Lord, I just love you and we praise you and and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Kenny. Amen. Amen. was the one thing you did.
didn't see coming in No one would blame you though If you cried in private If you tried to hide it away So no one knows No one will see If you stop believing Cause you're not alone